Thanks for taking a step and being a part of Starting Point. My name is Brittany Rivera, and I serve on the team as the guest services coordinator. Sin made a mess of things. God stepped in to begin a process to do something about it. Everything has a starting point. Your faith has a starting point as well. That's the focus of this study. For most of us, it started when we were kids. For many, it got damaged along the way, and we need a restart. This week, we take a step back in time because the story of faith has a starting point as well. All religious or faith systems have a story of some sort behind them. People, events. Most Christians know very little about the history of Christianity, ancient or otherwise. They are more concerned about getting God to answer their prayers and seeing their loved ones again. This is true of all faith systems. But in some cases, that is why our childhood faith collapses. The foundation was experience. Did you know that the three largest faith traditions claim the same starting point? These three faith traditions agree that somewhere in the ancient past, God created a wonderful world and people came along and messed it up. They agree sin entered the world through the behavior of people. Adam and Eve. Prophet Muhammad referred to Adam as the first Muslim and first prophet. Muslims believe because of the prophet Muhammad. Jews believe because of Moses. Christians believe because Jesus referenced Adam and Eve. But as we discussed last week, sin has certainly infected all mankind. All three religions agree that God started his cleanup operation with Abraham. At Abraham, Islam and Judaism sort of go their separate ways. Islam didn't appear for 2,600 years. About 2,000 years later, with the appearance of Jesus, Christianity and Judaism split. Today, I want to talk about why Abraham is important to your personal faith journey. Abraham and you. To understand the significance of Abraham's story, you first have to understand something of the dilemma that was before God. This dilemma can be illustrated by dropping a glass and it shatters across the kitchen floor. You begin cleaning it up and cut yourself with a shard of glass. A parent, spouse, or child comes into the kitchen to see what the loud noise was. Typically, we're very apologetic as we say something like, I'm so sorry, I was trying to put the glass away and it slipped out of my hand. Imagine if your spouse, parent, or child said, serves you right, you just stand there and bleed until you've learned your lesson. Some of you view God that way, but you don't believe that's what most people would say, which means that person is more compassionate than your God. It means you may be wrong about God. In almost every situation, a parent, child, or spouse is helping clean up the sea of glass. They are helping remove any glass from the bottom of your feet, cleaning up the blood, and bandaging your cut. Whenever we are faced with cleaning up an overwhelming mess, you choose a starting point. Whether it's that first pair of your husband's underwear on the floor, that first toy, that first sweep of the mop in your flooded basement, you have to start somewhere. Mankind was stranded in a sea of broken glass. God could have easily hung an out-of-order sign on our mess and moved on. Instead, he chose to get involved. He had to start somewhere. 
God's starting point was Abraham. It all started approximately in 1876 BC. God started with an idol worshiping man who had no children and no prospect of children to launch a nation that would touch the world. We find this recorded by Moses in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Then he makes three promises, all of which came true after Abram's lifetime. Here's the first promise. I will make you into a great nation. Which meant nothing in a world of nomadic clans, a big family would be enough. Who has time to start a nation? That's like calling 911 and hearing, as soon as we get the engine reassembled, we'll be right over. But God was doing something in the world for the world, which meant he had to grab the attention of the world. Anybody here know which nation? Nobody argues that this happened. The only argument is which nation. Here's the second promise. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. Abraham would be famous, a well-known name. Just out of curiosity, how many of you had heard of Abraham before today? How about Zoar, king of Bala? How about Keterleomar, king of Elam? They were famous at the time. Their names didn't make it. There's the third promise. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Everybody who lives, every people group will be blessed, better off. Not just everybody in your up and coming nation, literally every Jew, Muslim and Christian, and everyone who is better off for their interaction with any of those three groups is a fulfillment of that, practically speaking. But when it comes to your personal faith journey, your starting point, Something else happens with Abraham that is even more important. Through Abraham, God introduced a new relationship equation. One night, Abraham was praying, like we would pray if we were him. Lord, you told me I would be a nation. I would be happy just to be a father. How about we have one child? Just one. If not, my servant Eleazar will inherit everything. Notice how God responds to Abraham in Genesis 15, 4 through 6. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And then one of the most important statements in the entire Bible comes out of nowhere. It was almost meaningless in this context, but it created a new category. It would eventually be the thing that divided Christians from Jews, from Muslims, and even Catholics from Protestants. If you are going to wrestle with one theological concept, this is it. If you desire a relationship with God, if you are interested in knowing where you stand with God, Assuming such a thing can be known, you have to factor this in. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. 
Abram was stamped as righteous, given a right standing with God because of his faith in the promise of God when all the evidence was to the contrary. Lying, shortcutting, idol, worshiping Abraham. Trusting God resulted in a right standing with God. Righteousness comes by faith. Before there were Ten Commandments or any other divine law, Abraham was given the label righteous because he believed. Everything in you and me says that a right standing with God is earned by doing the right things. Everything we learn from religion, school, athletics, and work indicates the same. The Jews would eventually embrace a posture that says by being in Abraham's lineage, one was guaranteed a relationship with God. Muslims would later create a system whereby one would earn his way into paradise through belief in God, God's messengers, and good deeds. Christians would be divided over this from the first century through the Reformation. But what if religion has made it more complicated than it was supposed to be? What if this is the pattern of relationship with God? What if the starting point for a relationship with God is trust? What if a single expression of trust was enough? It just seems too easy, too cheap, too free, too unlike anything else we experience anywhere else. Why would our high God have such low standards? As you start or restart, you will need to wrestle with this question. On what grounds, if any, will God find me acceptable? Birth, behavior, belief, some combination of the three? So next week, we'll pick up with Abraham and connect the dots between him and Moses and the Ten Commandments. This week in your group, consider this question. Which of the following best reflects your view? God accepts me based upon my birth. God accepts me based upon my behavior. God accepts me based upon my beliefs. God accepts me based upon some combination of those three.